Posties, or Host Posties, or that is Rose Coasties, I mean Toast Posties, present, or present. Hey, get that name right, Sean Windsor. It's Post Toasties. Post Toasties. Crisp, delicious Post Toasties present the Adventures of the Thin Man, starring ML, Eric, and Mark Bellhauer. A basic seven food with whole grain nourishment, Post Toasties. Hello, my good friends. I am here to tell you the skies over Kiev are illuminated, or something like that, as uh, Vladimir Putin invades a sovereign nation and i did not realize that putin is not a tall man until this invasion and i'm hearing more about his height than anything else i don't know if because he's being viewed as the most uh ambitious european uh leader since napoleon or if this is just another way to try and get under his skin because i would suggest that we shouldn't do that because for a long time I heard people making fun of Donald Trump's hair and fake tan, thinking that this would somehow stop his progress. And he ended up becoming not only a president, but now the leader of the Republican Party. So I would just like to suggest, if we could, that we focus on people's conduct rather than... Kill him with kindness? No, I just mean like... Anything gets to him. I think it's really funny you started with his height, because I've had so many people say... I didn't know how short he was ever since he invaded the Ukraine. Yeah, so it's never almost came like up. a propaganda piece to let ever, let the world know how tiny of a man he is. Yeah, I, I don't think this is how we're going to win this war by making fun of a guy who obviously obviously is already trying to overcompensate for some stuff. I just always thought on those pictures it was a really big horse underneath him. <laughs> no, he's got to present that masculinity. Damn. He's such a tiny Napoleon. Well, if he was seven foot four, he'd still be an asshole. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Ukraine. We're going to talk about some folks here at home who may be uh, sticking their nose where it shouldn't uh, be. But first, I want to introduce you to my good friends, Mr. Mark Fellhauer, who's had uh, a heck of a morning but has soldiered on to be here to lead us into the next yeah. hour or so of uh, news information and um, and I just want to point pointless out, diversions. ML came up big today because you offered. My, I had car trouble. Six foot two. Get car trouble. Six foot two. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I. I oh, your height. Yeah. It's it's probably six and one and a half. But you know. I think you're taller than that. But anyway, everybody says that. But I always I always clock in at six foot one and a half. I couldn't get my car started, and you were nice enough to drive from here to my house, and then I then I sent you home because I got it jumped. Yeah, and it's the fifth. No, it's the third time I've had to jump it in a week. So I think I need to take it in. And befitting my my talents of the last couple of years, uh, I was completely and utterly unable to assist in any way whatsoever. But I was willing. You were cheering me on. That was great. Where were you, Sean? You didn't help out at all. You even sent a text hoping I was okay. Sitting in traffic on uh, 275. <laughs> and then again on 696. But yeah, thank you. I'm six foot, six foot one and a half myself, I think. Yeah. Such out. dynamic we content. When, when we used to play basketball, Sean and I matched up pretty well. But I've have you shrunk because I have. Uh, I don't think so. No, I think I'm actually standing taller because I'm proud to be able to spend an hour or two a week, not just with you two fine gentlemen, but with our many sophisticated and caring listeners. 
Well, my spine is compressing, like most human beings as they age. Yeah. And I used to be almost 6'3", and yeah. What? It was I was 6'2 and a half until, I don't know, four or five years ago, probably six years ago. Really? And then and then the measurements started coming down, but that's normal. You're like Tom Brokaw. Everything starts drooping. It does. It does. You know everything except for your calves. All of it. No, those are rock solid. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, <laughs> dynamic. Long. I'm already creeped out. Dynamic content once again, Sean. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I mentioned I our listeners. I, I don't know why I'm here for that because it makes me laugh. I and mentioned our with, listeners, but, with him. but I'd also like to give a shout out to those of you watching us on YouTube where we broadcast live now. We'd appreciate if you would subscribe to YouTube channel ML Elric. Not only will you get a notice when our next episode is about to start, you should get one when our next episode is posted and it helps us keep the show strong as do our sponsors. We have a lot of people supporting the show these days. More of our listeners and viewers than ever are sending contributions. We're going to thank them a little later in the show, but first of all, we want to t- thank Luke, Hall Financial, Akaju Cafe, and Chef Davor of the Butchery, who are keeping us strong. And uh, they all do it in separate ways, special ways, ways that make them, you know, just beautiful uh, to all who have ever encountered them. And nobody's more beautiful, or in this case, devastatingly handsome, Mr. Luke Nowacki, who has some special skills. And you need those skills right now, because the market has been really wacky, especially with this whole invasion of Ukraine going on. And uh, you don't want to overreact. You want to call Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, 529s. Just give them a call. Get your money straightened out, especially with interest rates going up and things changing. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. And when you call Luke... He'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Mark, you mentioned interest rates going yes. up. And uh, that affects people who are trying to refinance their house or buy a new house. But we have a sponsor who's trying to help people save some dough while interest rates are still relatively low. You got it. It's all and financial. And I just made that up. That was pretty good. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, all financial, the most client-focused mortgage company in the industry. They're now going to cover your appraisal if you're looking for a new loan, saving you up to $750. If you're out there looking for a new home, the first place to go is Hall. That's why you call Hall first. Call hallfirst.com or 866-CALL-HALL. Over 5,000 five-star reviews. Once again, free appraisal they also have a nice uh, little contest coming up actually it's starting right now it's the um courtside with cade contest nice. did i get your attention sean yes. one lucky winner is going to win two piston courtside seats at little caesar's arena in a meet and greet with cade cunningham after the game so call hallfirst.com slash cade to register today and it doesn't count if you didn't tell them that ml sent you and by no. the way you can find a link to their website on our website which is ml soul of detroit Dot com. Uh, they'll save you a bunch of money. I've done two deals with them, saved me a ton. And if I could afford to get another house, they'd be the first people I call. So Hall Financial, great partners, sponsors like Luke of all the shows here on the Red Shovel Network. We wouldn't be here without them. That's right. Now, if you want to join the show, uh, this is an event that's been two years in the making. We tried yeah. to get to the Caju Cafe on St. Patrick's Day 2020. And the pandemic kind of screwed us up uh everything else was fine it just messed up our show so that's a drag but we are going to make up for lost time uh which is actually i think a a great marcel proust novel we'll talk about that on the back end of the show when we introduce our new french literature section 
I think it's going to be very popular, at least as popular as Room 7609. But I will be at the Cadu Cafe on St. Patrick's Day. That's a special Thursday one-off broadcast from noon to 2 p.m., broadcasting live with some special guests. The party at the bar starts at 11 a.m. I'll be there at noon until 2 and then probably after that. The Irish music starts at 2 with the Irish Balladeer, then Michael O'Brien, who is Irish and a Balladeer, but separate from the Irish Balladeer. Odd Enough Celtic Music Band. Some would say Celtic, but I guess they're from Boston. And at 8 p.m., the Corktown Popes take the stage. I'll be there for most of the day. Joe is supposed to be there. So you may get to meet the mysterious Mr. Z. Who else in the love crowd say yeah? Yeah! And I think I'm going to have some of our sweet-ass Soul of Detroit merch. So if you're looking to get a nice Easter present for somebody in your family... It's a big gift-giving occasion in the Christian faith. Uh, how about some soul of Detroit? Because what says Easter and Christianity more than soul? Nothing. So come get some shit. And the butchery, of course. We love Chef Dave. Great meats, great eats, great treats, all that good stuff. TheButcherySL.com. You can call them at 248-682-2697. That's 248-682-COWS. They are closed Monday and Tuesday, but every other day of the week, Great place to go to get hooked up for some sweet-ass grub. Not to be confused with our sweet-ass merch, which is also good to get hooked up with, but you can't eat it, or we don't recommend it. <laughs> you don't? Right, Sean? It's high in fiber. It wouldn't taste good? I don't know. I wouldn't try it. Why don't you let me know? I'd like to eat it after you've worn it. What? Wait, what? Wow, I kind of just got over being <laughs> creeped out, but I'm right back. I Dynamic am, uh, content. I don't even know what yeah. that means. Sorry. <laughs> I'm... Uh, <laughs> Glad there's a table between us and um, and a taser. So uh, we were talking about songs for Room 7609. Were? Well, well, pre-show, yeah. I mean, I had car trouble. ML came to pick me up, and he goes, we're still going to beat Sean to the show, right? I said, oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, for sure. And um, and then uh, we, I, I said, well, why don't we play Russians by Sting? Because that song, in so many ways, captures to me what was so great about new wave music, not necessarily Sting, although he's very talented and, of course, the leader of the police, but a, uh, it, it captured that political vein that went through a lot of new wave music, talking about geopolitics and how the world really felt like it was on the brink. And then Joe started singing the song, and then Mark said, let's play something else. So we're going to play <laughs> something else. Unless Joe wants to sing it again. Later on. I think he's saving that. He may get on the stage with the Irish Balladeer. So they may be the Zuvarian balladeer um, at the Cadre Cafe on, on March 17th. So, uh, so, so you may still get to see him belt out a couple stanzas. But this whole Ukraine thing has been very much on our minds. Wait, wait. I thought it was time for Room 7609. Oh, no, already? Jeez. Oh. How long did you space out yeah, for? Actually, we usually do Room 7609 after your second trip to the men's room. <laughs> okay. Or the WC, <laughs> as they, not, not as they say that. it over in uh, Malcolm McLaren land. He's not even going to fight. That. No, because I have to go right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, There's a pee pad that Lila uses over I there. I just need to start wearing the pins. Dynamic. I think. Wow. Creep factor. <laughs> the, the needle is buried. It's getting... <laughs> He's just warming up, though. He's gone from naming the highways to uh, now talking about his, his urine. Yes, uh, speaking of uh, constricted corridors, um, <laughs> thank you, Sean. Um, <laughs> Sean is laughing, by the way, about this whole thing. That's what I like about it. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I know. We'll all get there someday. That's that's what you got to remember. But you know who's well, not I, getting I, somewhere? I hope not. I'm not like Mike. I don't wish that on other people. 
Everybody get every old man well, you, gets there. You, you think I I have somehow uh, uh, prayed for your enlarged prostate? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so does Mark. It's a good poll question. Wow, <laughs> I'm praying for Sean's enlarged prostate. Yes or no? Yeah, it's uh, no. I want it to be a small prostate because I think it's hard to get a large prostate and his head all the way up his ass. And I just think Ooh, that you good. Know. That's what, those are fighting words. No, oh, it's true. Damn it. Sorry, Mark. So Ukraine. Yeah. What were we going to say about it? Yeah. Before you're interrupted. I think by it is time for room seven six nine. But no, is anybody Ukraine. else surprised by this other than Tucker Carlson? What I'm not surprised by is I read uh, yesterday that the amount of anti-vax. I don't want to say propaganda because that's loaded, but anti-vax information. Sure. On Twitter has plummeted in the last few days since Russia's tried to tap down on Twitter. What does that mean? Their oh. own. Twitter farms who are put out disinformation yeah. are stopping right now. And it's sort of, I mean, we knew this, but it's. Is it because they've I, pivoted to putting out stuff on Ukraine? Well, that's actually just... slowed down too. They've been, because they're just not out there as much in general because they're trying to tamp it down in their own country. Well, they also, yeah, you're right. And they're also claiming that, I mean, Meta and, and Twitter are always going to claim this, that they're working extra hard on removing a lot of that misinformation. I got to say, it's really wild though, just the stuff that gets spread. It's like people, all you have to do is maybe read into a tweet or a couple tweets to figure out what is true and what is not true. And yeah, there's still, some things are still going to slide through the cracks, but you know, this whole ghost of Kiev uh, video game footage, people bought into that. And now Ukraine is using it for propaganda themselves. Or the, the, the group, uh, the name escapes me, some kind of snake uh, Island, the guys who died on snake Island, who might be alive. Now. The mercenary group that, that, oh. that spread the last few days that they were sent in by Putin. I can't remember oh, the name of the company. Yes. Yeah. From, um, from wait, from not from Chechnya, but, um, I can't remember where, but the idea yeah. that they were going to go in and get Zelensky, right? That yeah. was the, and no, that was debunked, lot. but there were, you know, the sun and, and various uh, publications around the world that you can't trust. Say what you want about Putin. spreading it. The one thing he's done really well is propaganda. It's been, what about the photo? Did you guys see the photo with the, the Ukrainian armies? And I don't think there were tanks, but there were trucks, and then there were two little kids kind of waving at them. Did you see that photo? I did not it went, see that one. It went viral. It turned is it out, real or fake? No, it was fake. Yeah. But it didn't come out as fake until 48 hours after it had been out in the news cycle. It's just, what do you trust, Mike, these days? How do you know? Because the photo, I saw the photo. It looked real. It's a great trust question. in the Lord. Okay. And what That's else do you it. trust in? There's, well, I mean, think about how sophisticated these hoaxes have, be, have become. Tiananmen Square, I think we're all pretty sure that a guy stood in front of the tanks, right? I, I think that yes. hasn't been debunked. Yes. Now, if you were to see somebody online now standing in front of a Russian tank, it, it may be real, but right now, I I don't know that I would rally toward that. Isn't that something? I mean, I thought that that story about the thirteen guys on Snake Island telling the Russian captain to go f himself rather than surrender that felt a lot like but that uh, was a forty seven Ronin. I mean, it was a wonderful story. But that it, wasn't fake. I mean, that was real. But aren't they alive now? I mean, well, now so now you're talking about misinformation from within the Ukraine because Zelensky said they had died, and now the Navy is like, no, no, they're just captured. Which, you know, but the story still happened. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's one of these it's the things fog of where war, though I, do people forget that there's always been misinformation even pre internet age with what comes out of a war zone. No, for sure. Or Everybody's trying to control that dropping, info. It used to be dropping pamphlets from a cargo plane. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm just saying that that uh, right away, the Tiananmen Square guy is like, oh, my God, that's really powerful. Now you could show me a powerful image, and I might say, that looks powerful, but is it real, or is it the whole story? And, of course, in a war zone, 
you know, the whole notion of investigative reporting is, you know, you got to be able to get access to people. You need to be able to get documents. You need to be able to vet things. Wherever you go there, there's, there's shit flying around. There's yeah. tanks rolling. I mean, how does anybody get to the bottom of this thing until long after the dust is settled? But here's the other thing, too. Let's say you get a photo now, and it, the kind of photo you're talking about, and it's real. is An AP photographer, somebody that, that subbed out for them, a contractor for them, or Reuters or whatever. And then 12 hours, 24 hours later, somehow that photo gets doctored. Sure. And then that version of it gets spread. I mean, that because that happens, too. So you just, yeah, it's just... So well, the that's that's a good point. Is uh, and, and people like to criticize the mainstream media. If I did see something that was shot by a staff member for like the Associated Press or Agence France Press or Reuters or someplace that's established where we know the person who created the image or captured the image is legit and has a a uh, a, a, a legitimate news uh, organization behind them. I would believe that, but something being posted to social media by um, by uh, Boris, you know, Boris twenty two at uh, at Grodno.com, yeah, I, I don't think you know. I think I really need to have I need to have the watermark on it. I need to see the registrar's seal on. And how many people are doing that? I want to ask you both that because whatever else you think about Trump, and maybe you think this was a smart thing he did, but the the fake he's news. He's tall. The fake, yeah, right. The fake news slogan over and over and over. What that did was delegitimize, and some, at least for some people, everyone. So they're not making the distinction at all. They're like, okay, it's all fake. Well, it's always good to be skeptical, but not cynical, right? Just because a couple things are fake doesn't mean everything is fake. But I think it's always a good thing to be a skeptic about it. But you got to be able to accept and be willing to accept answers about, you know, that might be contradictory to what you think. Well, propaganda has been around forever, forever. And, yes. and even legitimate news sources have been drawn into it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's tricky, but I do think for all the people who have thought that, uh, that the mainstream media couldn't be trusted right now, they're the only people I would trust. Absolutely. And I think it's also worth mentioning now for people who just like to pile on the media that the people who are reporting on these stories and who are capturing these images and these sounds could die could be killed and they are willingly putting themselves in harm's way to try and help us avoid being snookered by some of these very sophisticated hoaxers and some of whom are uh, have been doing this for years and of course we do it in foreign countries too yeah. the united states is not above that but in this case i don't think it's really hard to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guy is Vladimir Putin. And even some of his, his high-ranking Russian pals are saying that, which makes me think it's going to get real crowded in Siberia. Well, so that, you know, obviously sanctions, right? Everybody, sanctions here, sanctions there, sanctions everywhere. And I heard a lot of people doubt, like, well, this is going to do nothing because Europe's going to still accept oil from them, right? I mean, that's that's still happening because you're not going to let... They're they too dependent to, on, yeah. their, on their oil. There's a lot of wheat grown between Ukraine and Russia, so people are like, will the sanctions do anything? And there were a lot of people that say no. And then it hit me that, well, there's all these other oligarchs that have their money running around that have his ear. And you're starting to see them finally start bitching about, hey, why is our money frozen? Let's knock this off. Well, your boy with Chelsea is going to lose yeah, his Roman soccer Abramovich. team. Yeah. I mean, when you hurt I the people not. who keep the, uh, the uh, dictators in power, I mean, that's kind of how you go at them. It's sort of like, it's sort of like so, playing that game, don't break the ice. You got to knock the right little... 
blocks out, I guess the, in that case, the object is not to break the ice, but if you want to get the thing to fall apart, sometimes you got to tap at the foundations rather than just drop a planet buster right in the middle of the Kremlin. Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich, who made his money after the collapse of the Soviet Union, I want to say he owned, because that's the thing, these oligarchs control whole industry over there. It's not capitalism. They just, it's private, but they run the whole industry. I think he was aluminum or steel. Well, it, it was like super He's, capitalism. Instead of figuring right. out that oil's valuable, so I better corner the market, they just said, you're my pal. Oil's valuable. You take oil and you, you know, you and, you put some in my some rubles in my pocket. And believe me, you got to do some comrade. You got to get your hands dirty if you want to be an oligarch in the early days. So you oh, know, yeah. those guys aren't necessarily uh, the best uh, moralistic people. But he's worth eight eight uh, billion dollars. Guy's not allowed to live in England. Hasn't been able to live in England where his team plays since I think 2008 when they poisoned somebody in England. And England said, "Get out of here." But he still controls the team. So that leads to the question, because now you see, is, is this virtue signaling or is this really going to have an effect where FIFA kicks Russia out of um, international soccer or they wouldn't do it with the NHL Olympics. condemning? You're right. And I know that, and it was before it. the invasion, but still, they were, they're troops on the border. Does that have, it, will that have any effect in Putin's thinking? I don't, I don't no. think so. He'll try to use that to right? tell his people, look, the rest of the yeah. world hates us and it's against us and they don't understand us. And- so is it worth doing? Well, there'll be some of that, but what ends up happening is these people who keep him in power, if they can't get to their money, they're going to start to look for somebody else because they're still going to have some hidden. And if he can't get to his own money, you know, that's going to hurt him. But I I really do think you have to work in from the outside. You got to nibble around the edges. And and yeah, the Olympics with the Russian Olympic team, I feel terrible for those athletes who would be shut out because of where they were born. But at the same time, if you really want to punish Russia and you think one way to do it is to restrict the freedom of their athletes to compete, then you don't have like a Russian, not Russian team. You have to shut them down. And I do think that when you start turning Russia into a pariah nation, there are a lot of people in Russia who don't agree with their leader and who want to be part of the wider world and who want to see their athletes and their performers engage in things outside of their borders and when you shut all that down then that's one way to turn the screws to them now having said that carter keeping uh america out of the olympics in 1980 didn't free afghanistan but uh that's more punishing us than punishing them in fact it kind of helped the russians because who was going to get more gold medals other than than the russians or the soviets at that time yeah and I, i don't know He's still, Putin is still incredibly popular over there. That's what blows my mind, you know, in, in legitimate polls, not, you know, where they, people think, well, they're scared to give their answer. There's been some fairly good polls over there that have them at like an 80% approval rating, probably because of the propaganda of what's going on, but they see him as yeah, this propaganda strong, strong man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's well, the strong men are folks. popular so here that, too. So that they country, are. that country, no, this is, even if they see 6,000 people get arrested, they're not going to overthrow them. I just don't see it happening. He's probably just going to take the Ukraine, and there we go. That'll be the end of it. Well, that's that's the other question. Is I, I've seen a lot of headlines saying the invasion of 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 uh, Ukraine is not going as well as planned, and that Russia's being held off. And I think that's that's inspiring, and that's great. But do you really think that the Russians, and I'm just going to say Putin because I think he's the one driving the tank here, is going to say, "Boy, I thought we'd get it in 48 hours. We're now going on 96 hours. You know, we." We probably better turn back. No, no. no. I think they're going to dial it up. I think what's going to end up happening is is these these Ukrainian capitals are going to get turned to rubble, 
And we're going to be hearing about atrocities because if these guys hung out in Afghanistan for 20 years, you think they're going to turn back after a shitty week across the border? Absolutely not. No way. They're going to dial it up. And, and this, this stuff about we've, we've uh, put our nuclear forces on alert or something, that scares the shit out of me. That's got Does me it really? thinking about I, let me, let me ask you, Are you really, because I've seen people say they're scared of this invasion. Are you really scared? So Concerned, maybe, but scared? Well, you know, if you have a dictator who loves being in power and who realizes that if this thing doesn't go the way he thinks it should go and the way he needs it to go, and you tell me that he can either withdraw uh, in disgrace or with his reputation and his power in tatters, or he can light the world on fire... I see him lighting the world on fire a lot sooner than I see him saying, I have made big problem. I My agree. bad. You I really? am going back to Kremlin. Maybe they hang me. Maybe they don't. But I have horsey. He's a sociopath, right? So yeah. he's There's not one care. person in the world, and it's him. Yeah. And if he wants to take the world down. But he still can't. It's another way to leave his mark, right? Your, your best, he, he, your he best can, bet is that the, the folks will disobey him when he gives the order. That's what I was going to say. He can give the order. It doesn't mean that he's going to be the one to turn the key and press the button. Uh, maybe that's the line where somebody... I just, I'm not scared. It's unsettling, though. Well, well I, anytime you see a Western democracy, a sovereign nation yeah, be well, invaded, yeah, that's, that's of concern. Well, so that's the other thing. We know what to do when somebody invades a free country. We all get together and we kick their ass. But we're not willing to do that. We don't want to send troops in there. Europe doesn't want to send no, troops in there. I don't want them to either. I personally don't want to see our troops go in there, but I don't know what the alternative is. And so I think what That's we're watching is. is going to be a slow, it is. bloody month or so where the Ukrainian people are just are yep. just uh, bombed into submission or oblivion. Or becoming refugees. And, I mean, and you, if anybody thinks this doesn't happen, uh, has anybody... Has anybody gone, um, seen a travel catalog for Chechnya? Yeah. No, because nobody's going to go there because yeah. the Russians turned that place what into they a had, pile. What do they have? Three wars there now? Of rubble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whenever I hear somebody saying, well, this is the president That's, of Chechnya, I'm like, the president of what? I mean, you're well, a president of a pile of, of dust? He's a, he's a figurehead. He's a Putin placed figurehead because that's how. Yeah, but I mean, what's left? what they want to do. Where's your presidential palace? I thought that whole place was turned into. Uh, it's probably in Russia. Into a, a, a pile of rocks. It's what he wants to do in, in Ukraine, right? He wants to put one of his people in. And yes. Do the same thing, but you guys speaking to the military and the I response, do think the Ukrainian it, people are tough. And no, I think no. when you go in there, they're going to keep coming after you. And the oh, same with the Chechens did. Lots and I of think people that, are like that. The Vietnamese, were, the Vietnamese were tough as shit, right? I mean, that's yeah. Everybody. I mean, most uh, people are guerrilla, to some degree when uh, it becomes guerrilla warfare. I mean, why do you think this is a country? You were talking right about, you know, not wanting to send troops, or in Europe didn't want to do it. You saw the photos yesterday, right? Of the satellite photos of the the forty the mile up, long yeah. of of tanks, mile, yeah. seventeen miles, forty miles outside of yep. uh, Kiev. Yep. Uh, Kiev. Right, I think I think that was it. Is it Kiev or is it Kiev now? Kiev, because yes, it keeps Kiev. changing on me. It does, Kiev. In any case, so does Europe or the U.S. want to offer fighters because we've we we're sending money and munitions? No, right? I mean, no, you can't, right? No, because you could blow we up. We don't you, have an you agreement could, with you. Them could too, airstrike right? the heck out of that line. There's no they? treaty with them. It's with and the, that would be that. We, but we've then decided you, that this is a NATO thing. You and risk we'll support NATO. Yeah, you risk exactly. It's, it's a mess. Much. It's a mess. 
Yeah, no, I, I think more than any other leader uh, in my lifetime, Putin is more likely to uh, to turn this into a shooting war with nuclear weapons than anybody else. The only the only solace I take is that Ukraine is so cro- close to Russia that if he turned it into a radioactive hotbed, some of that shit's going to blow back over onto Russia. But I also think he's like, hey, you know, we have acceptable losses. Mm. You know, disaster. It is. So the the best hope I think for the Ukrainian people is the Russian people rising up and saying, "Hey, man, I don't, just don't see that." I love happening. Chelsea. Too much propaganda. I I just don't see that happening. I think the only thing that's going to happen is they'll take the Ukraine, and maybe the people that are left there will find a way to, or the soldiers will be like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we here?" And then they turn. But I, there's just too much. There's too many of them. I just don't see it happening. So, so does this Russia change? Just got bigger. Does this change Biden's fortunes? I mean, his State yeah. of the Union, oh, yeah. which is going to be tonight, was probably going to be him trying to tout whatever accomplishments he feels he can take credit for. 100%. But now does he become a wartime president? Now does he, because he was really big on international relations before, does he now try and recast at least the next nine months as I'm the president who kept Putin in check? I mean... Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a winning argument for him. I don't think so either, and I'm not sure that if Putin just rolls over the Ukraine, he can say, I'm the guy who stopped Putin when Putin's like, stop me from what? Stop me from taking Italy? No, well, what? what's tough too is that uh, the, I saw a poll the other day that uh, well over 50% of people think that if Trump were in power, Putin wouldn't have done this. I don't think he would either. Oh, of course he would have. No. I think he would have had his blessing. No, I, no. I think he would have waited till he was out of office. I don't think I don't think he would have. I think he would have waited another four years. What Putin's seventy? You think he's going to wait till he's yeah. seventy? What are we talking about? Yeah. Fox News and part of the right's been spinning uh, for matter. a week well, that, they, that sure. Putin's okay. Sure, they're going to do, and that was because of Trump. They're going to do what they're going to do. I don't think he. I don't think he would have invaded if Trump was still president. I just, I just don't think he would do that. I think he would have felt like. And, he and, had if, no... and if Trump didn't win the first time, he probably would have done this earlier on the heels of um, of Crimea. Yeah, I don't, I, I, there's so, a weird admiration between the two, and I just don't think he would. I don't think there's any admiration from Putin to Trump at all. Okay, I I'll, think he uh, thinks this is stooge. Fine, maybe. Okay, that's a better way to put it. If, you know, his fine. own puppet. That's fine, but I think he he liked him being in power. So I don't of course think he, he did. So because he so controlled, he was beholden to yeah. him. He had money over there, which is yeah. why I don't think he would have invaded even if he was in his last term. So your your argument is not that Putin and Trump are so tight that Putin could have grabbed the Ukraine and Trump would have said, you know. Well, no problem. You're saying that he was waiting until Trump was out of there. I think so. Out of respect or what have you to take it. I think Trump so. was trying to, uh, kind of feel to, that way. to put a put a pin in the NATO bubble. Yeah. Because that's what Putin wanted. I, I think that uh, it's amazing how quick people forget that. Because that's what Putin wanted though, right? I mean Oh, I, I agree. Putin is the is the master I, chess player here. I never understood the getting out of NATO. The, the long game, right? The so to roll it back a little bit. Um, should we be mad at Obama for not trying to bring the 100%. world together to stop Putin after he took Crimea? Was yes. that the moment where well, Putin said, even shit, if I take him a bite at a time, out. nobody's going to stop me. Even it's sort of the, just the tip diplomacy. Crimea came after Georgia, too. And, and, and you see people in Obama's administration that admit, yeah, we were we were a little too soft. That and with Syria. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. That was probably his biggest regret, right? Drew the red line. And he then, he has said said as much. That yeah, that he said regret he, he was did, the red line. He did, yeah, because the country he thought was so tired of war, 
and <laughs> having troops that he just didn't think we could stomach anymore psychologically. And he regret. Yeah, he's. You're right. He said he regretted that. That's another interesting thing, isn't the difference between a war in Syria and and I kind of disagree with this, but people are saying, hey, this is only getting so much more attention because it's Ukraine and it's Europe. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. What I mean, there's a lot of money tied into Europe and Russia and Ukraine. Syria, not nearly as much. Or you maybe, know, or maybe somebody make Afri- it right. Maybe, no, no, I'm it's not like saying, it's like the CBS reporter but, the but other I, day. I, I don't want to see arguments Talk about civilized society. Did you see that clip? No, that that that's why this was getting a lot more play. He said, "Well, it's one thing when it's in Afghanistan." He said, "We're talking about a civilized society." Use the word "civilized." Well, and it got a lot of blowback, which is just ridiculous. I just I don't want to hear the argument about you know this whole. There was somebody out there saying about this whole. Um, it's because it's a white country that it's getting so much attention. Of course, there's some truth to that. It's the uh, idea with Syria and the civilized, which is code for that to me. Okay. It's also 30 million people in the size of Texas, but. Uh, More but than that, right? 40, 40 about 44, 40, 45. Yeah. 45, yeah. After the bombing. Oh, for sure. Probably 30 and million now. And, and it's next to Europe, right? Hence yes. the, the centric. Yes. But that's. but that's, where, where we have a NATO and an agreement. But that's the point, right? Where we, where we care. Why are we bickering about that now? I, yeah. I'm not. Okay, thank you. I, I was Next up, I was upset about what happened in <laughs> Syria, and I was upset about what happened in the Ukraine, and I was upset about what happened exactly. The to whole situation uh, is awful to our our friends in Iran in Iraq who yeah. were pretty helpful. Who uh, the Kurds who we kind of yeah forgot let about get squished. Yeah, it's, it's true. And I'm I'm upset about the Urgers, and uh, is that how it's pronounced? The the Urgers with fries. You talking about China? The Uyghurs. The Uyghurs. Sorry. No, but isn't there another group that's getting jacked up? If you say so. This, I'm upset about anybody who's getting jacked up. Sure. Yeah. I don't care what they look like or I, how tall they are. I think it's a little easier to digest this for a lot of people because it's bad Russia going into Ukraine, right? That's And there's a clear evil guy. There's just not as much nuance to it because it's just one maniac going in to take over. I was part of this country, though, saying it was okay and Putin was okay a week ago, including folks in our Senate. This country? Yes. Well, this is what's I staggering. Know. I have never Seriously. seen I've never seen a major political party or a former president rally to the defense of a country that has been on the other side of this country. I mean, the Republican Party is the ones who really demonized the Soviet Union. I don't think the the Democrats were all that keen on them, but under Reagan, Mr. Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall. Reagan was elected on being a strong president who could stand against the Soviet threat. And now the party of Reagan has people openly saying, you know, eh, Putin's okay. Exactly. What's the big deal? Are, are they really saying Putin is okay? Yes. Some are. Okay. Yes. Tucker Carlson is. And if you're as, telling aside, me that Fox aside, News aside, is not the, the as, mouth organ no, of the a few politicians. Aside, aside from Fox News, what what have they said exactly? Well, Trump said he's smart. And he's. And didn't he say he was proud of him or Look, something? I don't want to hear, I don't hear an ex-president. Say that Putin is smart, but no, there were a few representatives. The way, the way he did, the way he did it, move. it took the Senate a couple of days. The Republican Senate finally issued a statement, like two days later, and said we we won't stand for this. You know, yeah. 
But it took them two days. But there's always going to be there's always going to be people on the fringe. They don't count. They're, but they're in elected offices. Yeah, but some of these people are mains. I mean, exactly. Tucker Carlson is the, the number one rated cable news. Sure, host. I, I don't like. And they're beholden to him. I don't like the Marjorie whole... Taylor Greens of the world. The Lauren, yeah, Lauren Barberts. I'd rather have uh, Putin. She, what did, do they do? They she's do in a part of the United States Congress and said, "I'd rather have her, uh, Putin than Biden." But maybe if we ignored those idiots. They'd stop saying stuff because they don't matter. They're repping an area of Georgia and an area of Colorado that are not that big. Yeah, but they're Just part like of a AOC, larger. Right? They're part of a larger uh, thread uh, in the United States Green Congress. And Bobert are responsible for getting people censured by the Republican Party. They're responsible true. for the Republican Party calling the insurrection on January sixth uh, legitimate political discourse. They are on the fringe, but they are pulling their party closer to them than their party that's is more pulling the, them closer. That's more on the party. There used to be a time and, okay, when, ask, when, me... uh, when savage tribes conquered a civilization and got civilized. What we're seeing now is savages let me flip conquering it, a civilization and turning the civilization into chaos. Let me flip it, though. Why is Rashida Tlaib giving the progressive response to a Democratic president? After the State of the Union on Tuesday, because so somebody said Rashida, there's a camera you can get in no, front. Oh, that's of it. All, that's also true. Exactly. So why are we listening to her? I don't think she. Should, I don't think we should I'm pay not, any attention her. to her. Well, I don't, don't think we should you, pay attention to her or Boberts of the world. You don't have to listen to her. But know? too many people are. You know why? Because they make good television. Actually, I think a lot of people are making something like a Rashida Tlaib speech because they're using this as a way to try and say, look, the Democrats are divided, that even the yeah. Democrats have a response they to their are. leader. And this is a way to sort of undermine Biden's uh, leadership and his his stature as yeah. you know, a big man. They're like, oh, even the Democrats yeah. don't like Joe. And that's his fault. Don't you think uh, that's his fault? I mean... For not being that progressive, I mean, it's f- no for not keeping the you know for a lot of talk about unity, and you're not even keeping your own party together. I don't know. This is a big country with a lot of different viewpoints. The Republicans are the sure. same way. I know they fall in lockstep a lot, but they've got their far right wing of the party that and differs from uh, the Bushes the of the Democrats party. Democrats have their far left. Wing right, that's the point. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of people have different ideas. Well, I think most. Well, so people where does fall- that leave the rest of us when the extremes exactly. of both parties are driving the discussion? Where are those of us in the middle? Those of us who would like to see bipartisan action, those of us who like the days when things go through the Congress without uh, one party voting entirely for it and the other party not voting for it at all, where the hell does that leave us? When do we start saying, listen, you nut jobs, um, you know, thanks for what you had to say. We'll consider it, but now we're going to get some shit done. Well, I about, I'll give you this if you give me that. How about that? That doesn't happen because I feel, I like, know it doesn't, I feel but- like each party's agenda is made by those two, by, you know, Say Fox News, MSNBC, those two very divided media entities, and they get those people on because they'll say crazy shit and people will watch it. And well, then so therefore the agenda gets set and it drives me up a wall. Here's something people need to think about. I still think that's a false equivalency, we, but that's a d- debate for another. We have some show. massive elections coming up, and everybody's thinking that the state of Congress is going to be decided in November and that the country's course is going to be set in November. It is not. Is going to be set in five months in August when the primaries take place. There's a primary in Texas right now, actually. So the primaries are different in different states. But the way this country is set up, where all the districts are so rigged so that one party is going to win that seat, the real fight for the soul of America is going to be fought in the primaries. In other words, which candidate, which Democrat is going to win that safe Democratic seat? Which Republican is going to win that safe Republican seat? 
and nobody wants to vote in these primaries. Yeah, but just these wonks. are the ones that matter. If you don't like Rashida Tlaib, if you don't like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, don't go to the polls in November to try and knock them out because if they're still standing, they're walking in. If you don't like those people, I'm not saying you should like them or not like them, but I'm saying if those two extremes are the ones who get your heart racing, you need to get your ass out there in the primary because that's when your vote counts. And if you don't do it then, you've missed your chance. for The, the only thing that's going to change that to me, you're talking about where the fight is, is going to be at the state level and ballots and initiatives and can we, what happened here in Michigan, right? And are we going to get fair? Uh, we're going to curb the gerrymandering. There, there's an initiative right now in Florida, but the state house in that state is trying to work its way around that because they don't want the people to vote because they know most people are in the middle and they want a reasonable map drawn. Mm. Uh, so, and until that happens, right? It's state houses aren't going to do it, whether it's Republican controlled or Democratic controlled. They're not going to do that. It's against their own power and their own interest. Yeah, and there's something in Michigan that is one of the most undemocratic things I've ever heard of, and it 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 can be manipulated by the right or the left. So this is this is a nonpartisan observation. If you put an initiative on the ballot, the legislature can agree to adopt it, and the vote of the people won't count. I mean, can you believe that? That when you put an initiative on the ballot for the people to decide on, the legislature can go ahead and say, yeah, we're good with that. We're just going to put it into place. And so there's no point in even having the vote. I mean, if that's not an end round on democracy, where you, you basically decide an issue where you figure out what is our legislature willing to do can we get enough signatures to get it on the ballot? And the number of signatures to get something on the ballot is far less than the number of votes required to pass it. That, to me, is something. You know, you want to rally on the Capitol? You want to you stomp up and down and invade the chamber? That should be the reason that we're marching on Lansing and saying, we are not going to allow you to use this trick to take our vote away from us. But people just don't seem to care or they just don't know no they are worried about what's going on in their own daily lives but it didn't stop the, the majority that allowed is going to allow michigan to redraw itself right well i mean you mean the, the one that created the the commission yes well one of the reasons why that went forward is because the legislature at the time disagreed with it so they wouldn't adopt it but if that had been something like let's say uh, there's going to be something on abortion i'm pretty sure and it's never going to get to voters because right now we have a pro and anti-abortion legislature. And if you get enough signatures to put an anti-abortion ballot proposal out there, pro-life either way, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Anti-abortion. Well, you, everybody's pro-life. Exactly. So, except for people who commit suicide. And, and I think I'm, I'm, and people I'm who, and sitting people over who here laughing because I'm being a dick by yeah. saying. And people who want the death penalty. They're not really pro-life. People aren't pro-abortion either. They're pro-choice. I, I don't know. I, so I, I support a woman's right to choose, but I don't like abortion. I wish sure. no one would have um, one. Yeah. Just because I think it, Same page. people who have abortions do so because because of something in their life that isn't the way they'd like it. But I think yeah, people pregnant. should have control over their bodies. Um, but anyway, that's why the language comes up. We could do a whole show on why the media has adopted pro-choice and anti-abortion as opposed to pro-life and and, uh, and whatever. But yeah, it's all pretty goofy. But um, before we uh, before we get too carried away, 
with the Ukraine. And I kind of feel like, should we be talking about this today? Because this subject's going to be old in the week. There's no way this is going to be old in the week. We're going to be talking about the Ukraine until it's over and for years afterwards. I mean, I don't know if people really appreciate that this is going to change the course of the rest of our decade, the rest of our lives potentially. And even if, even if the Ukraine is able to push back the Soviets, there are going to be so many guns and so many people running around in the Ukraine. Yeah. You know, this is, this is going to Everyone turn the to Ukraine a into a cocktail. hotbed of terrorism. This is going to empower people who now want to do shit that we'd be paying attention to if we weren't all geared up for Russia and Ukraine. I mean, when, when the world is distracted like this, all kinds of terrible stuff happens that we would otherwise be, uh, be nipping in the bud. So I'm telling you folks, this is a brush fire that's going to spread. So, uh, but having said that next positive week, next week, we're going to try and have a fun guest on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That we sounds good. We don't well, Sean will bring more dynamic content. That's good. No more. Maybe Mark. What? Who? Yeah. What? Yeah. So there are other you could crazy do that too, you know. There are other crazy things going on in the world. Instead of just trying to stir up the pot. <laughs> Some of them right here in Michigan as Emily. Yeah, is this time for a read? What? No, yeah. we've done them. No, we, we've we, done we them. did our business. Yeah, thanks for yeah, listening. I need to do my business. All right, go for it. Oh, you, yeah. this is a long message from an e- from a uh, from a listener. So Good. you can you could probably just just this has got to be a, let's, this, this, this has got to be a number one. I'm going to time them. It's got to be just a tinkle. Okay. So how long it takes. While Sean gets his hands around that, we'll get our head around this. Emily writes, Hi, ML. If you don't already have a Geek of the Week, I'd like to nominate Rochester Hill's $300,000 a year superintendent, Robert Shainer. Shainer, along with three other six-figure staffers, cyber-stalked parents and created dossiers on them, totaling hundreds of pages, his admission under oath, and even called their employers trying to get them fired, including a Detroit cop, all during the pandemic hysteria. One of the fired moms sued and reached a settlement offer with the district this week. Yeah. Hope she won big bucks. Love the soul of Detroit. So the last part, it's there's federal, no debate. It was a federal lawsuit, and I believe it was um, the woman who was fired by Blake's Hard Cider after the school board called them. So, Mark. I, I can't believe they would fire her. I, well, there's so many things I can't believe about this story. Yeah, th- this on. is an issue that you've been paying pretty close attention. Does Emily have the broad strokes right? I mean, is this what's going on? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we find out that Rochester was, I don't know if infiltrates the right word, and, and but keeping an eye on these parent groups on Facebook, private parent groups on Facebook. What were these parent groups talking about? Why did they care about them? They wanted the kids back in school. Uh, Anti-maskers, I take it. They wanted the kids back in school. I, you know, I don't know how anti-mask they are, but they did not like some of the board's decisions, <laughs> which, you know. That happens almost in every school board. Some people take it take it too far, as we've seen. Um, I find it amazing that not that Rochester it was the school board was watching these conversations because in a way it's like, well, I'm glad they're aware of what the parents was are it thinking. the school board or the administration? I believe it was the school board. Okay, because uh, that's the lawsuit was against all Rochester community schools. Yeah, but you sue everybody when you file sure. a lawsuit. Like sure. Service. Um, that's, that's funny you say that cause it did change as to which person was actually doing, um, uh, you know, who was actually contacting the employers. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to find out what the parents are thinking and maybe you're, you adjusting yourself. It's another to go after their employer to get them fired, to change their livelihood. It's fucking insane. And what did they find that, that concerned them and that they thought was relevant 
to uh, their employers. I, they felt they were threatened in there. You know what? I don't have the exact language in front of me, but it was language when I read it that I was like, uh, I don't know if I would be so threatened by that. And if I was so threatened by that, I, I don't think I would call someone's employer. I would try to reach out to that person first and foremost. Well, so well, this and then, this is the part. Can that, I just add this? One of them. Oh, you're call, back. One of them called the cops. Two and a half the minutes. The police. Because they saw a post on a social media that said they were going to protest at their house. That's and they said they were scared about that. That's is this an administration that's member. Or pretty ridiculous. Don't you think that's pretty ridiculous? I want to say that was a, a administration. Don't you think it's ridiculous? Is that the best use of police resources when it hasn't even happened? Yeah, I have a bigger problem with the. Well, if somebody the, had told Lincoln not to go to the show. That probably would have been a good time to tell him that he might be in danger. So I don't mind somebody being proactive. But I mean, are you really afraid, or did somebody just are talk you... mean online? Exactly. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of trolls out there. But you know, so so the the two most thankless jobs in the world: number one co-host, Carlos and Sean <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I know, poor Carlos. Yeah, poor Carlos. Oh, I was thinking poor Sean, but yeah, but number two. Poor Carlos. That's why we went with Carlos. Number two is local school board. Sure. I mean, you got, uh, everybody's mad at you. No matter what you're doing, everybody is mad at you. It's uncompensated. It takes a lot of time if you're doing it right. So I, I am very sympathetic to school board members who feel under assault, but I, I, I've I never really heard of an administration sort of running their own um their own skunk works uh to try and and get intel on parents now i i know that on school boards and administrators they know who the parents are who come to the meetings like okay public comment time here comes you know you know here but, comes uh that's but that's why comes I, mrs kravitz we're gonna have to sit through this to that point, that's but why then I going to try and blow them up at their boss. I mean, I would think if you have wrong. a it's real concern, wrong. you contact the authorities. Once again, if you want to see what they're talking about, I I don't. It's in a public space. I don't really have a problem with that. It's what you do with that information. Instead of they became they became combatants instead of trying to figure out what is best for the kids. Well, they right? called private employers like the somebody yeah, that thanks. works for a hard cider. Yeah, that's when you're upstairs. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the part. That's the part. And and again, I I'm not as well versed in this as I as I could be to really bring much insight. But but the thing that concerns me is when you when you're interfering with somebody's living. Yep. That. That to me feels like cool. you're going a little too far. What does it now, have to do with the school? Anyway? If you have legitimate concerns, like if they thought these guys were going to come to their house and jack them up, I don't have a problem with them calling the cops saying, hey, FYI, I found some stuff on social media that has me a little concerned about my safety. Would you really? please evaluate it? I don't mind that at all. I but that's weird. But calling private employers and trying to get them, yeah, that's outrageous. That, that feels a little That feels a little, uh, a little out there. And here's the other thing that pisses me off, and maybe this is just my investigative reporter journalist geekiness, but why do we not know the size of this settlement? Why is that not disclosed? That's public money. That's something that's going to come out under a Freedom of Information request. Just put that out there in the first place, because if it turns out it's a million dollars, that means the school district has basically said, wow, we really screwed up. Sorry. If it turns out it's $3, that means the parents said, yeah, we're crazy as hell, and it's, we just want to walk away with a little bit of our dignity. I think it's way more. I think it's oh, I think million, it's 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 probably comfortably between three dollars and a million dollars. But why do we not? We're entitled to that information now. 
So not to try and change the, the, the fulcrum point on this whole debate, Sean, I said fulcrum point, um, on this debate, but to me... Did you say room 7609? Because I think we're about there. We got something else to do before that. La, 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 oh, la, la, geek, uh, geek. Yeah, but, um, oh, yeah, geek, but to me, I want to know how much thing. money's involved. <laughs> and and really, Amen. if you're trying to figure out how egregious this conduct was, Sean, I said egregious, you want to know how bad this conduct was, <laughs> knowing the size of the settlement, can give objective people like ourselves a pretty good sign right there who is in the wrong. So Emily, uh, great question. Great topic. Uh, how much bitches? Yeah. Let us know. Oh man. The geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Joe, are you ready? In three, two, in Europe and America. Okay, that's next week on Room 7609. <laughs> but if Joe chimed in right then, that two-part harmony, the Righteous Brothers still would be terrible. very nervous. What? Oh, that was mean. Who's your gig? Oh, uh, it's impossible to list all the heartbreaking aspects of the Ukrainian crisis, but the number of Americans supporting Vladimir Putin, well, that ranks pretty high. Using our telescope to check out who is at the top of that dung heap reveals none other than Charlie Kirk, a right-wing media personality and the founder of Turning Points USA. In addition to his fairly predictable take that Putin felt emboldened by energy policies that Joe Biden put forward, he added, could it be that Greta Thunberg and Leonardo DiCaprio actually might be to blame for what Vladimir Putin is doing? Uh -huh. Yes. Well, and Kirk said, and this may be the only accurate thing he said, that's a take you will not hear anywhere else. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness. So Charlie Keek, Charlie, Charlie Kirk rhymes with jerk. You're a geek of the week. It's your favorite time, Sean. Like Vladimir Putin encroaching on the borders of a sovereign nation, Sean has been wearing me down on this issue of trying to find obscure new wave tracks by great new wave bands or new wave songs that you didn't hear but wish you had, and now you have, because we find them and we play them. And or you did hear things. and hadn't heard in a while, and you'd like to hear again. Okay. Well, no, that's 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 your Crimea. That's that's the that's the that's the Black Sea um, resort you would like to occupy. Okay. I was ready this week to concede some territory and play Russians by Sting, but then Mark did a little musical spelunking and came oh, up man, with I this gem. I spent so much time finding this one. Thank you. And and thank goodness you did. Because I think you're going to agree with me that Red Flag, Russian radio, is not only pitch perfect for these days and times, but one hell of an awesome synth-powered You know how I did wave. it, Sean? I googled Russian New Wave. Nice. Is that easy? It was that easy. And I played it. I got this far and you went, Perfect! That just means I'm going to hold Sean's forces off a little longer. <laughs> hey, Sean, on behalf of my comrades at Snake Island, 
Here's Russian radio. <laughs> I hear a voice from 10,000 miles away. I have no choice. Our love was meant to stay. With or without, it's easy for me. Without a doubt, as I spend my day searching for ways, love is all the go. So is radio. So much closer every day With or without It's easy for me Without a doubt As I spend my day Searching for ways Love is all the go So is radio Russian radio How will we Excellent. What? Thank yeah, that you. That was nice. What's Danceable, nice synth, kind of catchy hook. I agree. I agree. What's next? <laughs> Sean, you don't want to know anything about that band that no, oh, yeah, let us know. Ever heard of? Yeah, let, tell us. Tell us. Tell us. So once again, we are tempted to compromise uh, just to pacify this uh, this this dictator, um, uh, Hare Windsor, um, but. Um, you mean hairless? Commissar, <laughs> Commissar Windsor. That's right. Can we play that song, dear Commissar? Um, well, if you were here before the show started, maybe. We stand with... I was. We stand with Falco. But um, so Sean would like us to play more American new wave bands. So we kind of did, but not exactly. Right, right, Mark? Yeah, no. Uh, they're Were they born in Britain and then moved Liverpool. to San Diego? Liverpool. Oh, Home of Echo and the Bunnymen. Ugh. Mm. Um, and I then... Like um, them. You do like them? What? Oh, Echo, Echo and the, the Bunnymen? Yeah. 
But I guess they're technically what a San Diego band. Yeah, not really a hotbed of uh, new San wave music. Diego, I know. Uh, would think San Diego is one of those places that may be, in many ways, the finest place in the world to live. You're on the ocean. It's beautiful. The weather's always perfect, but it seems to cr- generate nothing of cu- cultural significance because I think everybody there is just so happy to be that close to the ocean and to have such nice weather. And, and uh, yeah. And that's where their name came from was the red flag that they would use surfing. You, you know? really believe oh, that? Sure. Like, Riptide. Yeah, for What's Riptide. You and really then believe a- that theory? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's- How do you explain LA, which is an hour and a half up the road in the same conditions and produces more culture than any other spot in this country? Because people go there, um, so it's not the weather in the ocean. No, 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 no. But but I think I think where the industry is. Yeah, San Diego's a naval town. I mean, that's kind of its its industry. But I think L. A. Watched a basketball game in an aircraft carrier there. You remember your your boys? They lost to Connecticut. Well, Um, they were playing North Carolina when I was there. First one. Oh, okay. Um, But uh, but I think if you did not have Hollywood, L. A. would be very very boring and very very dry. I mean, there was, and if you think about, okay, so how much really amazing things come out of LA that's created by lost by Angelinos? I don't know. I think that's a place where people go from elsewhere to come together to be creative. Yeah, that's the thing. It's become this fabulous melting pot it's from like all over mecca. the world. It is yeah. right now. You'd think they'd go, but I, but I also think LA also is edgier, and it's a little, oh, it's much, not as comfortable much, much as edgier. San Diego, and so that's why I do think that complacency does not generate great art. And that's why I think new wave music is so big because when new wave music came up, this is not a joke. At that time, we thought the world could be consumed by nuclear flames. And it generated a lot of great discourse. And there was the whole, the Reagan revolution, Maggie Thatcher, and there was a lot going on that, uh, that inspired people to express themselves in different ways, and music was one way. But San Diego, shit, man, if I went to San Diego... I actually don't. I really. mean, as long as I knew the bomb wasn't going to land in my living room, I'd probably be in a hammock around the beach, man. I don't love San Diego. It's a little <laughs> blah, to your point. Fight! Yeah. To your point. Even the Gaslight District, their nicest district is sort of like, oh, it's, some Gaslight. No, exactly. It's, it's known for lamps. It's a nice ball. It, the, the Gaslight District is near the stadium, and that's a nice stadium. I guess we could say that. If you wish. You know, if you want to. <laughs> it's close to Tijuana. Back to your point, though. Do oh. you do you buy that the, the idea that you have to have pain to, to create in, in, in a way? Danny uh, yes. Cho, am I saying that right? Uh, he's a painter artist out in L.A. who was in this documentary, Roadrunner, about Anthony Bourdain, I saw recently. He was talking about this in the movie, and this was a big thing for Bourdain. You know, the creativity comes from pain, essentially, suffering. I think it's an outlet, but I do think, I mean, listen, all all art, there's some conflict in it. I mean, if you talk about literature, there are three storylines, man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. I read a book about screenwriting, an excellent book, when I was trying to turn my Kilpatrick book proposal, where's the ding, into a screenplay. <laughs> And, and they, you know, there's the three acts, there's the hero, the hero has to decide whether he's going to take on the fight. The hero has to decide whether he's going to risk his job, his life, whatever. And then the third act is when we find out whether the hero survives or not. Um, in this case, the hero survives. But, but the, the thing is they, what they said in the screenwriting book is whenever you feel like the story starts to sag, Make something terrible happen to the hero. No, it's totally true. Yeah. Because it reje- it rejuvenates, it resets that whole thing. Is is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? But here's my question: Can you create that script? 
if you're not in pain because I think you can. I think it's better. When I, you, I think I think both. When you are embrace possible. your own pain, I think it's better. Well, I agree, but I think I think it's everybody possible. has pain though. Exactly, has trauma. Exactly, yeah. but it's possible to be okay and create something but beautiful. People don't, people don't embrace it in a positive way. They try to get rid of it. So is Taylor Swift in pain? I mean, she seems yeah. to be very successful. All her I, successful I, songs are about breakups. Oh, are they? It's okay. very trite. But pain, she wrote but... some when she was like twelve, right? Was she dating somebody then? That seems kind of creepy. Probably, but. But uh, I, I, I breakups do th- aren't fun, huh? Breakups aren't fun. You no, I know that trite. was that was her pain. Oh, I think her breakups were a little trite. But whatever. well, maybe hers. But I, I don't. I don't want to throw that shade that way. I'm just. No, saying, I just mean yeah. with her. I think they were. It's what we're really talking about is loss, and loss is painful. Can we say that? There you go. Yeah, you yeah. I, I, the Wolverines will find out tonight that loss is painful. That loss is I not going to be painful. I, I I'm expecting think, some great art to come well, out of that. We're game. well prepared for it. I actually think Michigan's going to win tonight. But we'll see. Why did they get? Did they sign a new shooter? Yeah, Caleb Houston, who shoots well at Chrysler Arena, but this wow. isn't a sports podcast. It, they're not going to need a shooter because if Gabe Brown plays like Gabe Brown been playing every game since last game, I mean, a lot of the, the Spartans, the Spartans shot over 50% from three-point land, from the field goal, and the only thing they didn't do very well was free-throw shooting, and they weren't on the line that often, but... But no, I mean, this is going to be a good game. We don't want to get too deep in it because it'll be old news by the time it's over. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan wins because oh, Sean had an outstanding here's column the other day. And as oh, I told thank him, you. as I told him on this show a couple weeks ago, the Spartans do great, and Sean says they finally found their rhythm. And then they go out <laughs> the next the next game to try and humiliate Sean as if he wasn't do. capable of doing that on his own. Oh, I can they dragged the whole Spartan nation myself. down with us. Okay, by the way, great song. What are we doing now? <laughs> so Sean and I will be at the game. That probably already happened when you we'll hear this. We'll see if he shares some popcorn with yeah, us. At, uh, at the game that happened Tuesday. <laughs> cliffhanger. Spoiler alert. We won't tell you how it ended. Um, we want to thank the people who support this show. Obviously, our sponsors, Luke Nowacki, David Hall, Cadu Cafe. See you there on the 17th. There's lots of great music going there every week, though, every night. Find out more at cadjucafe.com. And, of course, the butchery, Chef Dave and Julie, doing great stuff there. But also, you. I kind of feel like uh, Talladega Nights. This this car is sponsored by you. So you're all just a big cougar out there. Some are more cougars than others, and this is not meant to speak to their age or sexual allure. But Kristen and August have been supporting us for a long time. And generous newcomer Dennis checks and he's got plenty to say in the feedback portion of our show which will come up right after a shameless plug for more donations by Mr. Mark Feldman. mlsoladetroit.com donate button right at the top takes you to your PayPal. Uh, every cent is appreciated. Oh and Mark you know I gotta, uh, I gotta who, tell you um, uh, long time listener Barney says that's Barney the she um, can we add Venmo for people to make donations by Venmo if they don't have a PayPal account I don't know Okay, we're working on that. We will be working on that. Good answer. (laughs) Sure. Well, for her, I will. Once Mark fixes luxury vehicle, he will get that Venmo option up there, I think. Uh, Also, uh, we love it when you sponsor the show. If you have a product you'd like us to hype, if you have just an event or something, you can sponsor one show, you can sponsor a month, you can sign up for a year. It's so cheap, we're ashamed. Just contact us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com, and we will make it happen. We also appreciate if you subscribe to the show YouTube. That's channel ML Elric. On Twitter, it's at Elric. On Facebook, it's ML Elric. Share the show, rate the show. And if we could ask you. Venmo, by the, the way, show. couldn't you just give them your Venmo? 
Can't you just put your Ven? Can't you just say what your Venmo is right now? Uh, well, you know? we have a separate account for the podcast. Oh, okay. You so. don't know what it is. Uh, well, we don't have a Venmo for the podcast. Oh, we'll make one and then we'll give it out. Okay, I got a, I got a homework assignment. Um, now your feedback, Dennis. Do you like you, how I delegated that back to him, Sean? I did. That was pretty good. It's pretty smooth of me. I did. What does Dennis say? I, I can't wait till we have an intern to give important tasks that won't get done either. <laughs> um, Dennis says, "Holy hell, was that DLR?" Ted Nugent, Mark will understand, or JT Harding on last week's episode. A lot, a lot of energy. Just a lot of energy, man. You know, I, I loved him. I thought he was great. Ted or, or, or JT? JT? Well, Ted was too on the Drew and Mike, but I thought, uh, I thought JT was great. When I listen to Ted on the Drew and Mike yeah. podcast, he tries to use so many big words and so many elegant phrases and he tries to structure things in such a way that I think he's never quite going to make it because I can feel it takes a lot of energy to try and connect all those thoughts and he's getting older and he always somehow seems to make it to the end without tripping. It's, it's amazing. And the energy I almost, for a guy who I think doesn't drink or do drugs, I always think he's on speed, but he is not. It's energy. Rock and roll, man. That's what he would tell you. JT Harding, kind of the same way. He's going to be at the Cadu on March 5th, by the way. I think that event is sold out. But you can hear about JT's new book on last week's episode of the podcast. It's uh, Party Like a Rockstar. It talks about his journey from guy who was just trying to make it to writer of number one hit songs from Uncle Cracker to Keith Urban to Darius Rucker, who he says is a cool... Mother, shut your mouth. Just talking about Shaft. I like this uh, service after the sale. So, uh, so yeah, so check out JT Show. Uh, back to Dennis. He says, the show is heading back to pre-city council election law standards. That's never, a good thing. We never had any standards. <laughs> no. <laughs> the the, the, the uh, council elections when we had standards. Very, very hurtful, Dennis. You would not know we had standards from the way they were trampled over. Uh, back to, uh, oh, we're getting, Dennis, you're taking us back. But we're cashing the check anyway. Mark, work on more Eeyore Windsor versus ML Ego arguments. <laughs> oh, on behalf I tried. Of, I tried On behalf today. of Sean and I. Oh, my God. I tried that today. Was, that was hurtful. Oh, my God. That was hurtful. Uh, Dennis also very, adds. Very, very hurtful. <laughs> and if you're wondering why Dennis is getting so much airtime, it was a very generous donation. Thank you. What Dennis. the hell is Butterfield? Okay, so here's the deal. We have we have our own boner line. It's the Butterfield uh, 8 line. That's Butterfield 89070. In other words, 288-9070. See, if you're a little older, you remember when the first two letters, the first two numbers of every phone number were designated by a word like tuxedo or Murray Hill or uh, what did um, what did Mr. Belvedere have? Was it Klondike something something or other Klondike 5 was always Mr. Plows in the Simpsons okay well there you go so Butterfield is B-U that's 2889070 for it's Butterfield 89070 and we like that one because it also reminds us of Butterfield 8 which is a movie featuring Elizabeth Taylor I think she won an Academy Award for that but that more importantly the, is that in the feedback here she wore a uh, she wore a black <laughs> slip in that that um, that was very appealing. Uh, Dennis, closing it out uh, to Sean's uh, delight, says, hope the C-note helps some other fellas. Matt Stafford. Oh, sorry. Matt Stanford, not Stafford. What am I missing there? Thank you, Dennis. Me too. Dennis is going to fill us in. Thank you, Dennis. Just in time for next week's episode. But before we go, uh, we'd like to invite you to check out the Carlos and Sean podcast, which is- Thank you, Mike. New episode post when? Uh, Wednesday. 
Wednesday. Oh. They will Get be talking Thursday, 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 Thursday. Thursday. Last this, week it was Wednesday. This week's topic. Nothing like continuity. This week's topic: How should the world react to Putin's seizure of Crimea? So always timely, always relevant. That's a no, Carlos and Sean. We'll talk a little baseball with our guy uh, Anthony. What baseball? There's no baseball. Yeah, there is baseball. Can I ask you a question about that? We've, we've had two people down at spring training, Jeff Seidel and, okay. uh, and Evan Petzold. Let me ask you this about And people have been eating it up because it's all about the prospects. Right? Okay. People this, love prospects. This, this is what just drive me nuts about this whole battle they're Hope having springs right now. eternal in a young man's heart. Exactly. Whether or not they're going to have a lockout with Major League Baseball is, why do they have to have four weeks of spring training once they resolve this? I don't know. They don't. These guys keep themselves in shape. Just they got to loosen season. up, I guess. I don't know. Ah, bullshit. Yeah, these guys play winter ball, and they only pitch three innings. But th- this is something. It's important for the pitchers more than. Well, the, they can do it know. right now. Yeah. Here's here's the thing that I, I want to ask the people who run baseball. Okay, so you're kind of waning in popularity, so that's a problem. You had a pandemic where you couldn't have fans in the stadium. That's a problem. Then you have a season where you can only have some fans in the stands. That's a problem. There seems to be a pretty healthy appetite for baseball. And for Detroit fans in particular, we have a team that you might actually want to go see on any night instead of just waiting for another team to come into town. And now you decide to possibly shut down the league? Great thinking. Well done, gents. All that and more on, on the Carlos and Sean <laughs> podcast. Feel yeah, free to take any, have of, those, that kind of, life, any of those cogent bites that uh, that suit you. Uh, look forward to seeing you at the Cadu Cafe. If you're going to be there on March 5th, the CJT, uh, say hey to me. That's my picture on the cover of his book. And then uh, I look forward to you joining us on March 17th at the Cadu. That's St. Patty at the Cadu. In between then and now, we got the Red Shovel Network storming through your eardrums with the Charlie LaDuff No BS News Hour and, of course, the Drew and Mike podcast. But until next week, we turn to our friend Cyrus to say, get Putin out of Crimea and and get us out of here. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? mystery comedy, The Adventures of... And now, Solo Detroit. Brought to you by Chris Post Coasters, the basic seven foods. Listen next week when ML Martin investigate the stolen jewelry racket and discover it's a short step from hot rhinestones to cold tombstones.